everybody, and welcome to Killer Serials. This is Tony Jones. This is Ryan Parker. And we're a couple dudes with PhDs in theology who talk about television on a weekly basis. We go episode by episode through a series, and we're going to go through Beartown. The show that nobody knows about. Because I have Swedish ancestry. Hey, and we also watch a lot of other shows it's because true. it's what you do in a pandemic. Yeah. And we'd like to talk about what we watched this week. Tony, Superstore came to a close. I was moved. Yawn. No, I'm just kidding. You've been sending me Superstore uh, articles convincing me that it's a, it was the show for our time. It's quite good. And in my opinion, could have gone on for another couple of seasons, especially with everything that's going on in our world. And of course, it didn't. It ended on Thursday, I believe, last week. And I thought they wrapped it up quite nicely so hopefully you can go back and watch it when you have time but anyway that's what that was the big highlight of oh and last night i watched the premiere of godzilla versus kong was that a series no it's a film big blockbuster film watch it on my television hbo max oh nice not great oh not it's yeah it's not the movie i would have made but Is that right? you know whatever yeah so you know, a lot of it was like, how quickly can we get to the two of these bad boys fighting each other? Yeah. When let's see the gaps in the story that they jumped to get to that part, I would have found more interesting than yeah what they you. did. So anyway, how about you? See anything else good other than Bear Town? I continue to watch Last Chance You basketball. I've got two episodes left. It's I really like this season, particularly because the coach, the coaches in the previous seasons kind of started out as heroes but the more you got to know them the more you realized they were kind of villains at least i'm sorry not the last football season but the first two football teams they followed that was the case mm -hmm. the final football coach was a really good guy this basketball coach man he is an incredible guy he happens to be a man of very deep christian faith and i unfortunately someone said like oh I told him I was watching Last Chance U basketball, and they're like, oh, isn't that a bummer how that season ends? I'm like, dude, <laughs> I said I'm watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't say I've watched it. That's funny. Yeah, so spoiler, somebody spoiled it for me that I know the last episode's going to be. My spouse and I have been watching earlier seasons of The Great British Baking Show, which is one of our kind of mindless favorites. The early seasons don't, don't hold up, in my opinion. Hmm. That that's a show that they've definitely figured out how to do it better and better. We like the 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 newer hosts better. We like the newer judges better. Anyway, we're watching it, but it's not. I I'd say it, we have a lot of complaints about that. Yeah, and then always watching Schitt's Creek a little bit here and there, and then Bear Town dove into Bear Town. So Tony, do you want to tell people what we think Bear Town is about? Well, I watched the trailer. This is so interesting, I think, because I watched the trailer, so I know what Bear Town's about, or I know, I'm sorry, I guess I know the central conflict of Bear Town. And what's so interesting, Ryan, is it's a limited series show. It's on HBO Max. It's a Swedish show they bought from Sweden. I mean, it, it's not an original HBO show, you know, like they imported it. it must have done well in Sweden or done something. That's got to be like a career maker for some Swedish TV producer to be like, oh, by the way, HBO bought your show to show it, you know, globally. It's 
I, I mean, I know. Can I tell you what it's about? Because I watched the trailer, and you did too. It's it's about a sexual assault or an alleged sexual assault. But Ryan, what I find so intriguing is it's only a five episode limited series, and that kind of provoking crisis does not happen in the first episode. The first whole hour is set up, basically. Yeah, I not a lot happens in this first episode. So the central event is the the Anderson, I believe is his last name. The family, it's a husband and wife and two kids. And we learn in the first episode that they have... Stenberg. Stenberg, Stenberg sorry. moved to town. Yeah. Oh, wait, you know, no, no, sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. That is the name of the actor. It's Peter Anderson and his family moved to town. Yeah. Yes. So the Anderson family moves to Beartown, or you would say Bjorn Town, Bjornton. Bard Town. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And he is an ex NHL hockey player who is returning home. And he has been brought home to coach the, what I could only understand as like a minor league or an upper tier, or as he's been pitched, an upper tier minor league hockey team. Yeah. And uh, he's got a couple kids. As I said, they've lost a child, which seems to be part of some, you know, part of his His shift out of the NHL. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. he's got a, you know, a son who's probably in like junior high school or upper elementary. He's got a daughter who's in high school. And I mean, immediately, Tony, I was watching it this morning and immediately he, when he arrives into town, we get a whole lot of side eye. Like, yeah, from almost every guy except for, you know, his, his mentor or his coach from back in the day. But there, not a lot of people in this town are happy to see him back. No. Uh, and certainly some of the players, well, the players on the upper level, uh, upper tier team aren't happy because he basically says, I'm not coaching this crap team. Yeah. He he basically says that the older players who play in yeah some kind of low minor league but semi-professional Swedish league are terrible. He sees some of the junior players of the junior team playing, and he basically forces himself into the head coaching job of the junior team. Yes, and he takes over from a guy who is just really pissed. Yeah, pissed, but he's also <laughs> put up a lot of effort to hold on to his job either and he becomes the assistant coach and he you know uh, peter immediately takes over right i mean in more ways than one he's he immediately starts to mold the team into his image i mean he has a great rapport with the young players he kicks the parents out of practice which really ticks off one of the fathers who is the sponsor of the team and pays for all their gear and and whose kid is the star yeah exactly and let me just say and those two have history. Yes. The dad, Kevin's dad, has history with Peter because they played junior hockey together. And Peter was obviously the better hockey player who made it to the NHL. Yeah. And he also concussed Kevin's dad on the ice. Right. And he never right. played hockey again. But as Peter says later in the episode, he never really had what it took anyway. Now, whether that's a defense for ending his career or not, you know, it remains to be seen. So this is kind of, kind of, also there seems to be some interest, some love interest between Kevin and Peter's daughter, Maya. And yep. 
the episode opens with two individuals, with one individual chasing another individual through a snowy forest. The person pursuing is armed with a rifle. Yep. And we don't really see up close the identity of these two people. But, you know, again, assuming people watch the show before they listen to us, I thought it was quite interesting how they chose to reveal who that was at the end of the episode. What'd you make of that? Yeah, they start the very beginning of the show with foreshadowing, and then they end the first episode. It's another foreshadowing, but kind of a different view of it. I thought it was fascinating. You know, it's based on a novel that came out in Sweden in 2016 and then in the U.S. in 2017 that's you know centers on sexual assault. And here's what I think is interesting, Ryan, is that and I'll get to your question, but just the setting of the thing, you know, you, you take an issue like sexual assault, which is so front of mind for everybody in our culture, in Western culture these days. And it's something that's just in the news and we talk a lot about. And I know as like as a parent, I talk to my kids about it a lot. And, you, you know, my kids were on college campuses that there's nonstop talk about sexual assault because it's been something that's you know been swept under the rug for so long in our culture and now it's coming to light and so it does color everything that happens in in the lives of high school and college students so i think that's very real because that's what's happening in the show is these kind of upper high school age kids are involved with one another and then now we're going to find out soon i think that it leads to the sexual assault and and the ramifications of that but here's what i think is interesting what I'm saying is that the author and now the makers of the TV show, they set this in this very specific circumscribed setting. It's in this rural town in Sweden. It's very dark because it's the winter and it's Sweden. So the sun does not shine very much. And as we zoom out at the end of the episode, we see that it's basically surrounded by wilderness i mean it seems to be yeah. a very tucked away locked away kind of kind of community that's, that's exactly what i yeah so the author has set up like yeah this this circumscribed area of a small group of people there there's a lot of history there you know the guy comes back into this little bubble having made a name for himself in that town gone on to play in the nhl and come back but it's in, you know, my point is it's not taking place in Stockholm. It's not taking place in New York City or Los Angeles. Right. It's taking place almost in like M. Night Shyamalan's village or something. So you can just see the smaller the pond, you know, you throw a rock in a huge lake or the ocean and the ripples don't you know, have that big of an effect. You throw the same size rock in a very little pond and man, those ripples are going right. to hit every shore. Yeah. They're, they're waves, aren't they? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I also am intrigued by the series uh, in its setting because we see from the start that this is an even more progressive. Not only is it a small isolated place, but at least the culture seems to be more permissive or at least this family does, you know, when they're in the car, ride to their new home you know the kids are just cursing the dad says if you're going to curse curse in swedish and yeah. it, you know this really humorous scene but it's telling us something about this family and and quite possibly this 
larger community and just adding further detail. So, you know, I'm, I can't remember because I only watched the first episode, but that really popular Netflix series about sexual assault that came out last year. Mm -hmm. And I could pause and look up the title, but I won't. But I think it, I think that event happens or there are glimpses of that event in the first episode. And as you said about this one, that event is not in this, in this first episode, but I think what the, what the episode is doing is drawing us further and further into that community, but to your point, right. That I, so I think that when those ripples occur or when that stone is dropped, it's for a viewer, it could be even more pronounced that experience of, of, of watching that. So I liked it. Tony, there's a couple things I think you're suited to talk about here that, while not specifically religious, certainly have deep spiritual themes or undertones or certainly the potential for it. One is fathers and sons, and particularly Kevin and his dad. And I think that as a doorway into a larger topic of parenthood, childhood, and fandom and sports. I know yeah. you're you're a parent of a hockey player. And the second thing would be and maybe you know I'll try to remember so we don't lose this one but the second thing is how much could a junior team like that possibly impact a town? Because Peter seems to tell his you know the general manager if you will of the team, I'm going to bring them all here. I'm going to like reinvigorate downtown and I'm kind of thinking on junior hockey like yeah. You know so a couple things there, sports in a small town and yeah. I, I think there's the the only, I, I'm a pretty tough critic of sports movies that don't authentically show the actual sport being played. I, I really find that extremely frustrating, like you see it in the Mighty Ducks or whatever like that. But no, this this TV show, and I'm guessing the novel upon which it was based is the same, has is very authentic, very authentic. Like the only thing I saw happen that I didn't think was authentic is the way the coach, no, no junior hockey coach would wear a Patagonia vest on the ice. Like he would be wearing like Bauer sweats, like hockey sweats. That's how every, every single coach dresses like that when they're coaching practice. But other short of that, everything is authentic. Like the way that Kevin's dad is a, 100% asshole who completely drives his kid to almost levels of insanity to become a great hockey player. That is 100% authentic. I think it takes place in every sport. It really, really takes place in hockey because hockey is a skill sport, right? It, it's not like if, if you're coaching your kid in basketball or track and field like they can only run so fast you can't coach your kid to run faster but obviously because of the skates and the stick involved in hockey it it requires a great deal of skill so i think that's why parents get pushed into or or kind of lured into pushing their kids so hard so some viewers might watch it and be like kevin's dad is totally over the top and having been in youth hockey arenas. I'm like, no, no, Kevin's dad is not over the top. And absolute, like, th- okay, so f- one little thing parents coming to watch practice, 100%. 
Yeah. I've coached a lot of different sports for my kids. The only sport I've ever seen parents sit and watch practice is hockey. It's crazy. And they, they watch the tryouts. And some teams, not my town, unfortunately, but other towns around here in Minnesota, they have banned parents from watching tryouts. Because parents in my town will sit in the stands and they will be grading the kids on the ice. So if they they don't uh, you know if they don't agree with the teams when they're made, who makes double A, who makes single A, who makes B one, who makes B two, then they will say, well, I graded tryouts and look at my grades. Here are the teams as they should be. It's insane. So for the coach, for the first thing to do, and when he takes over the junior team, is kick out the parents. Like, yep, absolutely, that would happen. And to your second question, would a junior hockey team be that central to the life of a small Swedish village? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like Friday Night Lights in Texas. It's like Indiana High School basketball. It, it, that's what junior hockey's like in, well, in northern Minnesota, in Finland, Sweden, Denmark, Norway. Absolutely. Russia, yes. Junior hockey is their equivalent of, you know, Texas high school football. You know, I know it's important and you and that's conveyed, but I just thought, okay, you're going to get a mall out of this. Like all of a sudden people are going to flock to your town for junior hockey. I thought it was... is Well, here's whatever. why, Ryan. Because, yeah, no, people will move to that town so that their kids will play in that youth hockey system and hope to make that junior team because kids from that junior team go on to play in the NHL or play in the sure. Swedish professional leagues. Yes, people will move to people move into my town every year so that their kids would have a chance to play on our high school hockey team every year. So I I watched this episode and I follow, you know, we follow Peter and he, there's grief in their family. They've lost a child. We don't know how. And it seems somewhat recent. And uh, his wife and their, and, his two, and their two children have a little memorial service or a little, little remembrance of their uh -huh. sibling. But he isn't there. And his excuse is that he's too busy. But they, he quickly discards that to say, I can't. Like, I can't yeah. hold this space. And it's the case where he's struggling at home, but yet he's so perceptive when he looks at all of his other players, right? Yeah. If he looks at his team as his as a family or as his children, he can see to the core who these players are, and specifically Kevin, right? He can see from yeah. fairly, fairly close how Kevin's father is abusing him. He comes to his rescue when he's out in the cold, and, you know, he kind of takes him under his wing there the, on the bus ride to their game, to their first game. Yep. Yep. So it will be, it'll be neat to see how that fleshes out because if the sexual assault is indeed between Maya and Kevin, because as we see at the end of the episode, Maya is holding him at gunpoint, Kevin. Yeah. Then there's some real, beyond just, beyond just a, a sexual assault, there's some real trust that's been broken between Kevin and, and Peter as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always interesting as a little subtext in some of these is, you know, somebody like Peter, who's was such a great athlete and went to the NHL and then 
he has these kids and they're not, they're not great athletes or he doesn't have a son and all he ever wanted was a son. So he could coach his own son playing hockey and he doesn't have a son, you know, this kind of thing. You see that as a theme in shows like this. And I've seen it in, in real life too. You know, we often hear about some guy makes the NFL and his dad also played in the NFL or his dad was a great athlete too, you know, but there's just as many stories, obviously, of some guy played in the NFL and then had kids and wanted his kids all to play football. And they're like, yeah, nah, <laughs> not into football. Yeah. That's another thing. I want to circle back to that and to this idea of fandom yeah. and parenthood. How, how have you personally navigated that with your children? And, and why, why do you think you, I, I'm assuming you've been able to navigate that without being a complete and total asshole to your kid like you are to me. I'm kidding. But how have you done that? And, and have you ever had any interaction with parents who have taken it too far? Maybe when you were working at a church or somebody you knew that you had to confront about their behavior. Yeah. I mean, I saw some pretty bad behavior. My kid never made it to the upper, upper level of hockey. He quit hockey for some of these very reasons. He walked out of tryouts after many years of elite hockey and goalie camps and, you know, 12 month a year hockey, blah, blah, blah. Like it was the biggest part of my, my social life in the winter was hockey. Every single night there was hockey. And my kid walked out of it because of those, these very kind of political ways that these teams are put together and stuff. So he made me avoid it. Like he probably saved me because I would have, it's very alluring to pull yourself into the, all the drama that surrounds a youth hockey program in a town like that and trying to navigate your kid through the turbulent political waters of those teams. But I always felt like I was pretty chill. But yeah, I mean, I had my moments for sure. And I saw other parents also have their moments. It can get real ugly. And I wouldn't ever want to be a coach of a team of that caliber. I coached a, you did not know this, I coached a junior high girls softball team. When I was one summer, when I was, uh, I think when I was graduating high school and look, junior high girls softball, like rec league in Brookhaven, Mississippi. And I got ear, I got just up one side and down the other from some of these dads. And I was like, bro, I'm 17. Like I'm not out here. I'm not out here trying to make your daughter go pro. Like, look, man, we could have a whole nother thing about my experiences. Um, oh, gosh. Baseball. Are you still doing so, that? Yeah. Yeah. I do still that's do wild. It. Yeah. So I'm still on that side of it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think for a podcast like this and certainly the conversations we hope to have, I think the first episode lends itself to that. I think there's going to be something here for us each episode. I love the yeah. the performances are great. It's you know, of course, nobody I've ever seen before. Enjoying watching you know new actors. To me, uh, the setting I love it. I I would love to live in a place that has a true winter for a couple of years. <laughs> Come on up. And of course, uh, anything you know set in you know Europe or Northern Europe, I'm all about. So yeah, yeah I, I I hope it kind of keeps this up. 
I I really liked this slow kind of setup for us. And, you know, yeah. hopefully we've touched on some themes here in this episode that will carry through. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think it, it makes me want to read the book, you know, which, of course, is a great testament to any adaptation, a film or television. If you watch it and you think, dang, I got to read this book. Here's here's a closing line of the Kirkus review of the book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like Friday Night Lights, this book is about more than youth sports. It's part coming-of-age novel, part study of moral failure, and finally a chronicle of groupthink in which an unlikely hero steps forward to save more than one person from self-destruction. A thoroughly empathetic examination of the fragile human spirit, Backman's latest novel, will resonate for a long wow. time. I, Ryan, I can think of another novel that's just like that coming of age story study of moral failure chronicle of group think hmm <laughs> crickets <laughs> is this one that you're writing <laughs> and you've recently read possibly yeah but nobody can nobody can we can't talk about it it's it's not out yet. We'll talk about it when it becomes a a television series. <laughs> exactly. Hey, maybe you can work your Twitter magic and and get the author of that book on a podcast. I'll try. Okay. He's pretty famous. He wrote a man called Ove too, which is a real. I think. I, was there a film about that? Did they make that into a film? Yeah, P, uh, Tom Hanks. Or they're making. They're remaking it. I don't it. know. Did they make it? Yeah, I saw the original. It's good. All right, everybody. That's it. Bear Town 101. We'll be back next week. I have a feeling something very dramatic is going to happen in 102. So join us then. And thanks a lot for listening to Killer Series. Lace up those skates, everybody. Bye.